0: Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. It is 7.02 on this Tuesday morning, August the 24th, 2021, we are live on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, which is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Had a great Monday. Looking forward to a great Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, the rest of the week. And plenty of news and uh, and stories about lots of stuff going to be announced today. I mean, today's going to be a big day in college football, the, the world of college football, especially as it surrounds the city of Tucson. As not only... Will head coach of the Wildcats football program, Jed Fish, announce his starting quarterback today? We'll have a good idea of what the depth chart is really going to truly look like Uh, at some point, probably today, tomorrow. We'll we'll know. We have a good idea where we're kind of waiting for the quarterback situation to, to play out. But as far as offensively goes, I think it's pretty obvious who the you know who the starting eleven are going to be, or at least a good mixture of them. Again, there's going to be some platoon, uh, some platooning done at running back with Michael Wiley and some of the other tailbacks that are currently in the program. We're not exactly sure who's you know running back two, but we know that Clay Markoff is going to get some, going to get some reps as well. There will be Bryce Woma, the starting tight end, and then there's some other tight ends are going to get some reps as well, and some two tight end sets. So that's exciting. And, of course, the very, very deep wide receiver core. Pretty good idea who the top three, four guys are that will be platooning in and out of that, uh, of the starting lineup for the Wildcats at wide receiver. So we'll have a better idea of the depth chart. I know I kind of previewed that yesterday that I'd be talking about today. We're going to wait for the quarterback announcement to be made before we discuss any type of depth charts. Because if you don't know the quarterback, then what's the point of having a depth chart? So we're going to just wait on that. Other big announcements happening today in the world of college football as the newly formed alliance of the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC will be making some type of an announcement today at 2 p.m. Eastern time, which is 11 a.m. Arizona time. So, of course, I won't be able to talk about it until tomorrow, so I'm going to have to stew on it for the, uh, for the remainder of the day and the nighttime before I can get a chance to talk about it on the air tomorrow morning, so you're going to want to check into that. But that's where we're going to begin today. Because I have some, I had some thoughts yesterday. I've had some thoughts all about, you know, the entire time about this. I've had some some different kind of thoughts and some more, uh, I, I don't know, maybe cogent or or complete thoughts, if you will, about exactly what the purpose of the alliance is and what it's going to look like. Now, again, it's expected today. They've they've announced that there's a press conference at two p.m. Eastern time what are the talking points going to be, okay? First and foremost, and this is not the most important aspect of it all. In fact, it's, in my opinion, the least important aspect of it all, especially as it concerns the actual alliance itself, the the athletic directors and the commissioners that are involved in the alliance. But the first talking point is going to regard scheduling, and that's where we're going to invest the meat of our time discussing this because it is the one thing. And look, the reason why it's going to be in the forefront of this announcement is because it's the one thing that they want you to start talking about because fans don't want to talk about the finances. Oh, it could be potentially worth $245 million TV contract. Fans don't talk about that kind of stuff, right? Fans don't talk about the, the politicking that goes on and the governance aspects uh, of of certain things, fans talk about scheduling who are we going to play who are we going to line up against? Where are we going to make our trip to there 's a lot of college football fans that are season ticket holders of a team that like to travel one time a year to some non conference game or conference game for that matter. I, I used to do that uh, with with conference games i haven 't been able to do it with non conference games just you know there 's been certain uh, circumstances and stuff, and, and you know arizona doesn 't play a whole lot of road games. Um, outside of outside of the conference that are intriguing, they have some coming up. Of course, Mississippi State coming up next year, but um, that's what that's what fans are going to talk about. So that's going to be at the forefront of this entire announcement. I think the talking points are going to be made today. That's going to be at the forefront because that's what you know TV, radio fans are going to be talking about. But it's by far the least important in the minds of the people forming the alliance. So let's begin with the things that are going to be the most important. The two most important factors of this alliance, according to what I believe their goals to be, is, number one, the governance and, and essentially politicking in the world of college football. Coast-to-coast governance, uh, dominance, the political uh, you know, sway, the political influence that they will have. In, 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 you know, forming a 40-team alliance that spans coast-to-coast. Coast. Essentially what it's going to allow them to do, it's going to allow them to acquire more votes in the room. When a vote happens for the expansion of the college football playoff, which is going to happen very, very soon, there's going to be discussions coming up in late September regarding an impending vote to expand the CFP. They, this is a movement that was set into place uh, by the SEC, the SEC and ESPN have started that ball rolling, and they started that ball rolling uh, Indiana Jones style, where well, they just left a six-ton boulder uh, just let loose on the on the world in June when they said we're expanding to twelve teams. We've talked about it. We voted on it. We're good to go. Okay, but you neglected one thing: to include everyone in the vote. So now <laughs> these commissioners, these athletic directors, these school presidents are like, we need proper representation. This is like pre-colonial America, right? The reason for the Revolutionary War is no taxation without representation. This is no expansion without representation, and that's what they're going after. They're trying to acquire more votes in that room when the vote happens. You, uh, you ally three of the major conferences in college football And they're going to be the ones to help start dictating what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of of, of expansion, what type of, of, of rules are going to be set into play, who's going to be offered television rights for the college football playoff. These are all things that they're trying to position themselves for to allow themselves more power, more influence over the vote. This is very, very important for these conferences. And I'll tell you why. Because... If if everything were left alone today, if, if the Alliance were not going to happen, if they were just going to say we're going to sit back and let the SEC rule this whole thing for us, then what would happen is the college football playoff expansion would happen. They would announce the expansion before anyone is able to renegotiate their television contracts. ESPN would own 100% of the rights to the college football playoff, and your networks that normally cover college football would now become a lot more disinterested in covering college football because they don't they don't th- there's no stake in it for them. If you can't get in on the big playoff, then th- there's there's no stake. Think about it this way: CBS basically owns the owns March Madness, right? They they own the men's basketball tournament. They have for a long, long time. It's a it's a contract that they negotiate uh, for for decades in advance. <laughs> Because it's they're smart. They're like we, we need to own this. Okay, now they've been able to kind of sublet some of the the early games, of course, to you know True TV and you know all these other TNT and TBL all this other stuff. They've been able to kind of sublet those and offer some contract value to them, but they're not giving it up to NBC, ABC, Fox, ESPN. That's ABC, but you know, and and they recognize that. They realize that. What's the coverage? I mean honestly, outside of outside of ESPN, where can you find college basketball during the regular season? Oh sure, there's one game a week on Fox. It's part of the Pac-12 negotiated uh contract that they have with with football that Fox will will air games for the for the Pac-12. But outside of ESPN who has the like the regular season contract you see games all week long on ESPN it's part of their job they're the sports leader right but when it comes down to like the big time important games and specifically the tournament which is the huge money maker for college basketball CBS owns that if the if things were allowed to continue the way they are today in college football ESPN would own the rights 100% of the rights to the college football playoff and thus Would be filtering and and sharing a lot of that money to and with the SEC, where in a 12 team expansion, would probably own, I mean, we talked about it, right? Four to six spots in that college football playoff. I mean, it would be an absolute monopoly over the amount of money being generated by college football's playoff system. So, this, you know, the Alliance, we're just going to call them the Alliance for now until they give us some cool, catchy name or some name that we all hate later on today if that's what they decide to do the alliance is there to stop that they're going to they're they're, they're like no uh you can't do that we are unified in this because you need a unanimous vote in that room and there's going to be at least three votes to say no there's gonna be at least three votes to say we need to wait on this why do we need to wait on this well it's important to see the dates that are that are coming up for the pac 12 and the big 10 they have expiring television contracts coming up within the next couple of years. This is very, very, very important. Now, the ACC, they're kind of screwed right now. They sold their souls to ESPN because they wanted their own network. They wanted the ACC network. ESPN says, sure, we'll give you $140 million, or whatever it was, and then we own your rights until 2036. Yes, 2036. ESPN owns the ACC. So ACC, as far as their their power, their, their ability to dictate television revenue, they're out. They're out for a while. But what they can do is they can be sure that the television dollars are distributed evenly and not just chunked up with, with ESPN. They've already they've already got their money from ESPN. They've already done their done their deal. The deal's over. The contract is signed. They're under contract to 2036. Nothing's going to change that. Whether ESPN makes 100% of the television revenue in the CFP or 33% of it, doesn't matter. Doesn't change a thing with the ACC network. ESPN is still going to air their games by contract, okay? There, there's there's things that because there, I saw I saw somewhere where, like, what's to keep ESPN from burying the the uh, ACC with, like, the worst time slots ever? Well, it's in their contract. They can't do that. The ACC built into the contract we're going to have X amount of primetime games, X amount of daytime games, uh, non-compete with other markets, yada, yada, yada. They're all in the contract. Those Those contract stipulations have to be met by both parties. So they're covered. They're good. They just can't renegotiate anything. For another 15 years, which is a problem for them. However, the Pac-10 and the Big uh, the, the Pac-10, Pac-12, and the Big Ten, the numbers. Uh, they are going to have their television deals coming up real soon, which means if they can block a vote for the expansion of the CFP, what they can then do is when they renegotiate, they can say, "Look, we have three votes in that room, and we're guaranteed to get a fourth or a fifth vote based on." Other alliances you know that we've made maybe with the mountain West or with the Mac or whomever because all the all the conferences get a vote in this the NCAA can say what they want uh you know about you know this is you know this is a five team you know a five league playoff or whatever but in, in all honesty they have eleven there's eleven conferences competing in college football's FBS and all 130 teams have a legitimate out you know albeit most of them have a very, very outside chance of competing in a college football playoff. Every single one of them. They have equal rights to be able to compete in those. They're not going to get the votes, but they have the opportunity. So they get a vote. They get a vote in that room. And if they decide that the SEC is trying to carve up this country a little more, a little too fine uh, for their own pockets, then those conferences are going to start to vote against SEC and what they're trying to, you know what their motivation is what they're trying to do so they're trying to influence everything so what would that look like well when they renegotiate okay let's let's say let's say that the you know, the, the renegotiation for the the CFP which is going to occur in 2024 okay or 2025 I think that's 2025 CFP, they're all different years 2023 is the big 10 2024 is a pac 12 2025 the CFP when they, when they renegotiate their television deals, okay, so when, when let's say, the, let's just keep it at home here. When the Pac-12 goes to renegotiate their, their television deal, they can go to Fox, CBS, NBC, whomever. Okay, they can start negotiating these deals. And they can say, we are going to approve a, an expansion that is going to be negotiated with all of the networks. So... Essentially, like, let's say the, the CFP expansion occurs and you move to 12 teams. You have now eight new games that are being played. They're going to divide those games up evenly among the the television networks who want to buy those products. And those products will be heavily, heavily sought after. So CBS would say, yes, we would like to buy the Fiesta Bowl game. And you know Fox says we would like to buy the Rose Bowl game and ABC says we would like to buy this so now they're now they're competing to purchase these bowl games within the CFP and when the Pac-12 goes to the negotiating table prior to all that happening they can say this is going to be part of it this is going to be part of it this is going to be part of it and it becomes a more lucrative deal for everybody so the it gives the Pac-12 more negotiating power When they go to the table with the networks when they want to negotiate their next television deal, which is going to bring more money to the conference, which brings more money to the teams. It all filters down and everything's good for everybody. It's going to be an extremely lucrative contract. But if they don't block the SEC from dominating this vote, then ESPN gets 100% of it, 100%. Nobody else gets anything, okay? It's not going to be distributed evenly. The, the SEC is going to have four to six teams in the CFP every single year, and it's going to be it, it, It's going to be like. <clears throat> I guess the analogy is this. You got a regular neighborhood. I can't remember what the name of the movie is. It's, a, it's got Jack Black and Ben Stiller, and they they make this like poo spray that makes poo disappear. And Jack Black. Uh, ben Stiller backs out of the out of the deal because he thinks that it's just not going to work. Jack Black sticks with it, ends up being a billionaire, multi-billionaire. Doesn't move from the little neighborhood, the little humble little neighborhood, just erects this huge, obnoxiously ridiculous house with, like, golden horses and things. I mean, it's just this ridiculous eyesore in the middle of this neighborhood. That's kind of what college football would look like. You'd have the Joneses. Okay, you'd have everybody else, you'd have the, the 10 conferences not named the SEC, the Almighty. And then you'd have the SEC with this giant palatial uh, you know, mansion in the middle of this regular neighborhood. And it would be awkward. So we're trying to avoid that. Okay? It's not something you want. It's an eyesore on sports, collegiate sports, college football. It, it's, it, it would hurt a lot of things. Now, the SEC, of course, loves this. They, they think this would be a great idea, and I'm sure their fans think it would be a great idea because they don't give a rip about anything other than SEC football. I know this. I've been to their games. I've talked to their people. You hear them on radio shows. You read their comments on Twitter or other, other outlets. They don't care about anything else other than SEC football. Everything else is trash. Ohio State's trash. Notre Dame's trash. Oregon's trash. USC's trash. Everybody's trash. Oklahoma and Texas are going to going to win 6 games when they move to the SEC. Okay, that's out there. People this is how they this is how they feel. They're very elitist, okay? And that's what the alliance is going to try to block. Now, what are the things that we're going to be talking about cuz we're not going to be talking about that. The fans are not going to have knockdown dragouts over the television contract signings and the 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 negotiations and governance and politics over who's going to be voting where. This is not going to be the discussion. The discussion is going to be what the Alliance, I believe, is going to talk about mostly today, which is scheduling, the change in scheduling. How do they integrate the scheduling amongst these three conferences? There are some ideas out there, and uh, I think, uh, I think it, it definitely spawns some type of, of discussion, certainly a uh, discussion that we're going to have coming up here after the break. Don't miss NFL Cover 2. It's every weekday here on ESPN Tucson. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing here in the state of Arizona. Don't uh, don't forget, we do have uh, FC Tucson tickets to give away. I have two pairs. I was supposed to give away a pair yesterday. Yesterday was crazy. Mary was out sick. We had to deal with some new guy. It was a disaster. Uh, he couldn't figure out how to answer the phone. So, we. We're going, to, we're going to give away two pairs of tickets today to FC Tucson. Stay tuned for your cue to call for that. Coming up after the break, what does this new alliance scheduling fiasco, because that's what it's going to cause if they start this today, what is that going to look like, what are the details of it, and what are the, the, the priorities of a new schedule, specifically how it affects the Pac-12? That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, here on the Jeff Dean Show, when Mary says jump, I just say, how high, Mary? And she says, Jeff, we got to give away a pair of FC Tucson tickets. I said, yes, your wish is my command. So let's do it. 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. Caller number two. Going to get themselves a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson this weekend, this Saturday night at Kino North, taking on the Greenville. If you're from the South, you say Greenville, but I say it anyways. Greenville Triumph Soccer match. Uh, again, that's this Saturday night at Kino North. Caller number two at 719-1490. You will be a winner. Good luck. And enjoy the game. Speaking of CFP, and we'll we'll dive into this later. I'm going to give you my five teams that I believe have the best chance to make the college football playoff for their first time this year. i got five teams that I think could legitimately make the CFP, um, and it will be each of those teams' first time ever. Uh, Look, there's there's a lot of teams who would be making their first trip ever to the CFP because of the 28 spots in the history of the CFP, 20 of them uh, have been consisting of Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. So I'll give you my team's. Five teams uh, that'll either be later this hour or com- coming up in hour number two. Just in case you haven't noticed, I talk a lot of college football on this show. If you don't like college football, I can't help you. That's that's a you problem. Um, I, you know, this show may not be for you if you don't like college football. So uh, let's just I'm just going to throw that out there. But we have fun and uh, we're going to enjoy talking about the college football specifically in a time like this where things are drastically changing in the world of college football, and it could affect the University of Arizona's football program. It could affect them immediately. When the Alliance makes their announcement today, whatever announcement that's going to be, I do believe that they're going to be discussing scheduling. I do believe that scheduling is going to be a big part of that discussion today because that's what they're going to want us to focus on. They're going to say, you guys, we're going to throw this scheduling thing in everybody's lap. Everybody's going to talk about scheduling. And for the next three weeks, fans and media and, the you know, the talking heads like myself are going to be discussing who their team could play six years from now in a matchup that would, you know, ally, you know bring the alliance between two former head coaches that once played in a sandbox together. Who knows? That's what they want us to talk about. They're going to be like, you guys do this. Here's the, you know, here's the, the, the big shiny, you know, marble here for you to play with, and we're going to go discuss – money things and and politics and stuff over here and what the the real meat and potatoes of this whole alliance is. So let's talk scheduling. The scheduling is going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. Let's start there. 40 schools. Okay, the alliance is going to be 40 schools between the Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC. Obviously, and I didn't mention this in the previous segment, but there's a huge piece, and I will mention this before we wrap up today's segment on uh, on what the the alliance announcement will be, and I do believe it's one of the most important aspects of this whole thing. But let's talk scheduling. There'll be forty schools stretching from coast to coast, um, and they're going to try to schedule one another. Now, the ACC and the Big Ten already play eight team conference schedules. The the the, the Pac twelve uh, is one of the one of the conferences that plays nine. Under such a plan of scheduling with these alliances, you would schedule two games against your alliance foes, okay? Two games against alliance foes, they would be considered a non-conference alliance scheduling game. So what would that look like? So Arizona would schedule a Big Ten school and an AC school. Arizona would also be able to go out and schedule two more non-conference games as is essentially customary across the board in college football. Well, that's one, two, three, four. Uh, it was nine, that's 13 games. That's too many games. The Pac-12 would have to cut a conference game, right? You'd have to go down to four, or I mean down to eight. So you can have four non-cons. You get to schedule two on your own. You get two scheduled by the Alliance, and then you get eight conference games. So they'd be cutting one conference game. Now, my question to you, the fans, would you be in favor of an eight-game conference schedule? We've been so proud of the Pac-12 for so long, right, having the, having the nine-game schedule, the only conference that can really claim that they do have a true champion every single year, right, because the teams all play one another. I mean, yeah, granted, we could miss one, but if you do miss one, if you're both good enough, you're going to play each other in the college, in the uh, in the Pac-12 championship game, and all's good. There's none of this, well, they missed this team, and they didn't to really have to play this team. It happens sometimes, but eventually you're going to play that team in the Pac-12 uh, format, in a nine-game format. But in an eight-game format, mm, things change a lot. So. Would fans be in favor? Now, Arizona fans, I'm guessing, would be highly in favor of that because, uh, number one, Arizona's not competing for a Pac-12 championship every single year. I do expect that we will be competing for a Pac-12 championship uh, at some point in the near future based on how things are trending right now for Arizona football. But teams that are perennially there, okay, the Oregon's, the Washington's, the USC's, even Utah. I mean, Utah is, is considered a, a Pac-12 power at this point. My, in my opinion, they are. Uh, those teams are competing for division titles and 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 Pac-12 championships every single year. They may like the nine game schedule. So, what would that look like? What would an eight game conference schedule look like? So, let's say, let's say Arizona would drop. Washington State, so they drop Wazoo from their schedule this year. They, that would be the, the furthest amount of travel that they have to go this year in a road game. And instead, they would schedule a, 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 an alliance game would be scheduled for them. They wouldn't schedule an alliance game. would be scheduled for them. So maybe they play, I, I don't know, Illinois. Or Minnesota, or Syracuse. You uh, play uh, Dino Babers, right? So Arizona and Dino Babers. We go out to Syracuse, New York. We fly all the way across the country. We have a bye week. Okay, fly fly across the country to play Syracuse in a game. You know, between two teams that are picked to be in last in their divisions. Yada 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 yada. Is that something you would trade off for? Would you Would you be in favor of that trade off? Would you say, Yeah, uh, I'll trade Wazoo for Syracuse, or I'll trade a Wazoo game for Illinois? Now. It doesn't necessarily move the needle no, Does now, does it? I can tell you one thing that would move the needle, and we'll talk about that next. Arizona is about to get even hotter, fans, because FanDuel Daily Fantasy Sports and FanDuel Sportsbook are coming soon. September 9th is when everything goes live here. Now, the Fantasy Football Daily, uh, the, the, on the, the Daily uh, not Fantasy Football, but the Daily Fantasy Contest on FanDuel, you can begin playing those this Saturday, the 28th. They're super easy to enter. There's hundreds of them. They're 100% secure, and they're tons of fun. You can go head-to-head against thousands of fans from every major U.S. sport. Uh, there's real cash prizes. As I mentioned, I have friends in Tennessee that do the, uh, they do the NASCAR fantasy. I've done NASCAR fantasy. I haven't done it on FanDuel. I'm waiting to do that. I can't wait to start doing that because they just have a blast doing it. And they also now have this new FanDuel friends mode that's coming live for NFL. It's brand new, live for 2021. You can essentially form a private league against your friends, and you can compete for weekly and season-long cash prizes. And because it's on FanDuel, you can pick a new team every week. (laughs) You don't have to be like, oh, I'm stuck with this guy all year long, and nobody wants him. No, no, no. You throw that team away. You do your research. You do your homework. You pick a new team every single week, and you compete for cash prizes. And one of the great things is you can do it in a friend zone. You can do it all privately amongst your friends. No need to worry about season-ending injuries, uh, draft busts, unfair trade uh, that were made in, the, in your league and stuff like that. You can just keep it all amongst friends and do it every single week. FanDuel's America's number one sportsbook, and it's coming soon with the best betting lines, promotions for new and existing customers, fast payouts, and a safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. I've just spit all this information out at you. Where do you find more? Go to FanDuel.com slash Arizona today. FanDuel.com slash Arizona. Age and location restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after receipt. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. You're listening here to The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Congratulations to Bill Stone. Bill was our winner of the FC Tucson tickets. Don't forget, I still got another pair to give away in hour number two. So be ready for your cue to call for that. But Bill was ready and uh, got himself a pair of tickets to go see some soccer this weekend. Congratulations and enjoy and thank you for listening, Bill. So talking scheduling, I mentioned that in, in a new alliance-type scheduling system where the Pac-12 would agree to go to an eight-game conference schedule down from nine, that would allow them to schedule uh, an ACC and a Big Ten foe as part of the, essentially as part of the uh, non-conference schedule that they have. This would be an, an alliance non-conference schedule that would be dictated by the alliance. The alliance would come up with these schedules on their own. Now... Many people believe that it would be – I don't know if they believe this, but I think a lot of people are only thinking about the top teams. They'd be like, it'd be great to see Oregon play Ohio State and USC play Clemson. I mean, it would be great to see those games. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be great to see those games. You know what? It would be really great to see those games in a playoff. That's when it would be great to see those games, two alliance teams going at each other in a playoff spot. What I want to see, what my recommendation is, because – Arizona Illinois doesn't move the needle. Okay? And as far as we know, based on the research that's been done, an Oregon Ohio State game doesn't move the needle all that much more than any other Ohio State game does. Like, it's not like they don't get a big boost. The Oregon Ohio State game that's going to be played this year is going to be, you know, five and a half million, six million eyeballs. Okay? Ohio State's already getting 4.2 million eyeballs per per broadcast. So they're not getting that much more from a game like that. What would move the needle is Arizona versus Ohio State, right? Now, I hear it. I can hear fans, Arizona. Why would we take that game? Why would we want to play that game? Okay, well, first of all, you play that game, you get 4.5 million eyeballs you would never have on your football program. Remember, when Ohio State gets scheduled, when Ohio State plays a game, they're put on prime time everywhere they go. Whatever the, whatever, whoever the television contract is with, they get prime time. They get eyeballs on because they are the most valuable brand in college football as far as television revenue goes. They really are. It's, there's, there's, no, there's no competition. Arizona playing Ohio State would move the needle for Arizona. It would serve two purposes. Number one, as I mentioned, more eyeballs on Arizona, and the team is improving. Okay. If you're just going to, if you're going to be one of those fans, who just wallows in in self pity and says we're never going to be good, we're always going to get our butts kicked by these top teams, blah 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 blah. Then you're you know you you're not a part of the you're not part of the, the progressive uh, system. You're not a part of the progression here at Arizona. Arizona's trying to get better. They want to compete against teams like Ohio State. Eventually, they're not there right now. Yes, if Arizona played Ohio State right now, they get beat sixty six nothing. Okay. It, 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 it's it's just the way it would happen. But in three years, who knows? Maybe Arizona's gotten a couple more uh, top 30 classes under their belt. As soon as you get got a top 30 class, you are competing for division titles. Okay? Your team is good enough. When you, can, when you can turn over two and three consecutive top 30, top 35 classes, that's good enough as long as your coaching is developing players. You're good enough to start competing for division and conference titles. That means you're good enough to compete with anybody on the, on the grand stage, including Alabama, including Clemson, including Ohio State. You're good enough to compete with those guys. Now, right now, yeah, it would be, it would be awful. It would be, it would be a butt-whipping. But again, it would be 4.5 million people watching that butt-whipping. Things that you don't normally get. And guess what? Arizona gets a share of that television money. Here's the other thing that it serves. It doesn't drive Ohio State's strength of schedule through the roof. So if... if, all, okay, if if the fans that are going to be talking about this, and trust me, this is going to be the discussion. Ohio State in this alliance is going they are going to play Clemson. They're going to play USC every year. Yay! Let's just drive. The, let's just give every team the most difficult strength of schedule they could possibly have, and risk their chances of getting into the college football playoff. That is not what this is about, folks. They need to distribute the wealth among all the teams. The big teams are going to make their money. They're still going to make plenty of money. Trust me. Their television contracts speak for themselves. But it's the teams that are below those lines, that are below average as far as television shares. Those are the teams that are that, that this alliance is going to want, at least if it were me running it, okay, that they're going to want to try to elevate to a higher status. Get them up there. Get them up earning more money. When they start earning more money, guess what? They become better because they start distributing that money throughout the program, more money, better facilities, better facilities equals easier recruiting, easier recruiting means more stars, more stars means more wins. That's the cycle. So if you can elevate those lower programs to bring their game up by increasing their their revenue flow by 10, 12, 15 million a year, that's a huge boost for those programs. It doesn't mean squat to Texas or Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson it doesn't mean squat to teams like that but to a team like Arizona 15 million dollars to their to their television revenue just for you know going and play if you go out and you go play Ohio State and then you go play North Carolina those are huge that's a, that's a huge boost to this program it's a lot of money for us right so it's not about creating the best matchups in these non-conference games what the purpose of the alliance is going to be is to acquire more votes in the room influence television rights take control away from ESPN and the SEC and influence the college football playoff with more members of the alliance you do that by winning more games and granted for the first few years the top teams are going to dominate okay the the cream of the the cream of the crop your Clemsons, your Ohio States, any of the other top teams that are consistently performing at an elite 11-1, you know, and 12-0 level already are going to continue to do that. But if you schedule top-bottom type matchups, okay, where Arizona's going to play Michigan, Arizona's going to play Clemson, something you know, some of the, Arizona's going to play Miami, wouldn't that be great? I mean, honestly, wouldn't you, rather much, wouldn't you much rather watch Arizona play the ninth-ranked Miami Hurricanes than play a game against Illinois where you like legitimately like, hey, we got a real shot at winning that game. Hey, I got news for you. You got a shot at winning any game. It's college football. Remember a little game uh, between uh, a little school named Appalachian State when they took on Michigan, number three-ranked team in the country, 40-point underdogs, and they won that game. We've seen it here in conference play, Right. Lowly Stanford, winning one or zero games a year for several seasons. Hire Jim Harbaugh, who was winning games at San Diego University, right? He, he comes in. They're 43-and-a-half-point underdogs in the L.A. Coliseum to the defending champs. And they beat them. And I'm not saying that Arizona's going go to go into the horseshoe and win that football game. They're not going to go into Death Valley with Metallica rocking and her Sandman and Clemson coming out and Dabo Sweeney eating grass or whatever else he's doing. They're not going to to go out and they're not going to compete and win that game every single year. But you'd rather give yourself a puncher's chance at beating one of those teams than just having a a slog fest with Illinois that's going to be seen by 300,000 people hidden on some sub-network station at 8 o'clock at night. Give me the top teams. Elevate this program. Elevate all of the lower programs. Let's send Oregon out to go play Wake Forest. Who cares? Yes, Oregon probably stomped the guts out of the Demon Deacons, but you know what? Wake Forest will be better for it because they're going to get more eyeballs on that football game. It's a football game that would never get scheduled otherwise, ever. But those Wake Forest fans will be like, man, get a shot at Oregon today. This is going to be good. We got a chance. We got him in our backyard, you know, whatever. And it, it it serves two purposes. You can get more eyeballs, elevate the lower programs, and it keeps the top programs winning. Okay, they're going to be favored in those games by multiple touchdowns. Keeps them winning. Keeps them them their their high influence. Ohio State would be would be favored to beat Arizona by 30 points. If and when they do that, okay. The rest of the country goes, they took care of business against Arizona, an up-and-coming program. It was a Power 5 team from the Pac-12. That's a good win for Ohio State, even though Arizona was, you know, coming off a 12-game losing streak or whatever, you know, however they want to frame it. It looks good for all parties. And Arizona gets a lot of eyeballs on this football team. Maybe Arizona shows out. Maybe they do some good things. Maybe, you know, quarterback has a great game. Or a running back goes off for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Just the defense couldn't stop Ohio State. There was a miraculous play in the game, or a kicker kicks a 57-yard field goal and ends up getting a lot of scouts coming to practice the next week to watch him kick. These are all great things that happen to elevate a program. It doesn't happen if they play Illinois. It doesn't happen if they play, you know, as good as NC State is. Not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of eyeballs there. Georgia Tech going to Atlanta. Don't you think? Does even as even as lowly as Georgia Tech has been over the over the last few years, don't you think that that some of the recruiters here out west would love to get into the city of Atlanta and start recruiting in there? Go play Georgia Tech would be a fight to go play Georgia Tech. This is a good thing. It's a good thing for college football because it does all of these things and 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 it prevents a monopoly from occurring. It keeps the SEC and ESPN from wringing their hands and twirling their handlebar mustaches and carving up this country to however they want it to be in the eyes of college football, making a lot of money for themselves and not sharing it with anyone else. It's a good thing. So I'm excited to hear what this alliance is going to, what they're going to say today. And again, this may be the most overhyped press conference in the history of college football. It very well could be. They could come out today and they say, we've sat in a room and we've decided that the three of us would like to work together. Does anyone have any questions? (laughs) I mean, it could be something as just ridiculously mundane as that, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to exercise my opinions and give you some compelling thoughts and some talking points, something for you to take with you the rest of the day to talk with your friends and your family and your buddies or whatever around the water cooler. Do we even have water coolers anymore? I don't know, I've been working from home for a long time, so uh, my water cooler is just here, and I just talk to myself, like I do most of the day. When we return, Coach Tommy Lloyd of Arizona Basketball, we have some news coming out of Arizona Basketball, thanks to our good friend Bruce Pascoe, great writer, and uh, covers the, uh, the Arizona basketball team. We'll talk about that. Coming up in hour number two, we have a lot of NFL preseason to get into, as Jameis was showing out last night in some preseason. We get ready for preseason week number three. Also coming up in hour number two, my pick for the five teams with the best chance to make the college football playoff for the first time this season. All that and a whole lot more. Come on back. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Ah, almost one hour in the books here. The show is just bruising by on a Tuesday. We are busy today, man. Lots and lots of football to talk. We talk football every day here on the Jeff Dean Show. There's certainly no shortage of it today. We'll be talking some NFL in hour number two. We'll come back to some college football in hour number two. Maybe some MLB. And uh, who knows what else? So, you know, whatever else is Sticking in a craw right now. We'll uh, we'll get into some of that, but I do have some some thoughts on some NFL things as we get ready for NFL preseason week number three. We'll get into that coming up in just a little bit. Arizona basketball news: Bruce Pascoe of the Arizona Daily Star reported. Uh, you know, he he spoke with with uh, with Tommy Lloyd, and first, you know, we discussed yesterday about Pella Larson having the broken foot. He clarified some of that uh, in in his article. And I want to thank him for that because essentially what happened is is that Pella Larson had, had uh, injured his foot during his tryouts with Team Sweden for the World Cup, for the FIBA World Cup. He removed himself from the team, went and got it looked at. The surgery has already been done. Like, he's already had the surgery on his foot. He's been texting back and forth with Coach Lloyd. So he's been texting back. So he's, like, already, like, weeks ahead of schedule. You know, we were talking yesterday when I – compared him to what we saw uh, in, you know several a few years ago when Raleigh Hawkins broke his foot just before the season began you know we had to introduce him during the red blue game he came out on an on a electric scooter just after he had surgery and he was out until you know, mid-december and I was thinking okay maybe like early December for Pella Larson this is a couple of weeks earlier but he's already had the surgery like weeks ago so like they're saying that he may he may be like ready for the NAU game on November 9th which is great news. So I am very, very happy to hear that, and Wildcat fans should be happy to hear that as well. Even if he's not ready for the season opener against NAU, it does sound like as long as the healing process goes as it should, it it sounds like that that Arizona will have the services of Pella Larson for the for the you know the the Lions portion of the non-con and conference schedule, which is fantastic. Um, and he's already been in Tucson. Okay, he spent the entire summer there. So he's familiarized himself with Coach Tommy, Tommy Lloyd's system. Um, they've spoken a lot, and uh, so we wish him the best on his recovery. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be back a lot sooner than we had originally thought, which is great, great news. Also, we talked about the hiring of Ricky Fwa, the assistant coach, 34-year-old Ricky Fwa. Now they've they got to go through uh, a, a visa pro- uh, pro- uh, process with him. He lives in Italy. Um, So have to go through a visa process to get him hired, but he'll be here shortly. And then he does need to hire another assistant, which we talked about. According to Pasco and Tommy Lloyd, he's going to hire an experienced assistant coach, one with more high-profile coaching experience. So we'll wait and see what happens on that and uh, should be hopefully announcing something here within the next week or so about a new assistant coaching hire. Well, that is going to wrap up our number one of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned for our number two. We still have a pair of tickets to FC Tucson to give away. We've got some NFL news and notes. And as I mentioned, five teams with the best chance to make the college football playoff. Stick around. Hour two right back here in two minutes on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol Studio, the Soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson, fourteen ninety KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD for Tucson.